0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, everybody. As uh, we continue through the week here, maybe closing out the week, we'll see what tomorrow brings Um, with it being Friday. We don't usually record. But if we have to, we're always ready to go on Locked on Browns, as you guys know. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, on Twitter, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, The show itself, at Locked on Browns, follow back account, DMs are open. iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review, you all know the drill. Closing in on 400 reviews. Come on, guys, let's, come on, a little more. Let's Let's get that achieved and get that taken care of for your boy. Sitting down today, um, as free agency gets closer and closer, as the NFL draft gets closer and closer, at Browns mock draft, good friend of the show, good friend Justin General, Mr. T- Stephen Thomas, Steve, how's everything going? Uh, Understand you were under the weather. Uh, never more excited about testing negative for anything in your life. Uh, <laughs> back on the horse, so to speak. How you feeling,
0: big boy? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, anybody these days, anytime you sneeze, you immediately there's that part of your brain that goes, ah, oh, crap, you know, nobody can just get normal sick anymore. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was bad. Like the lungs were hurting and, you know, I was coughing and I was like, Oh, this is it for sure. It turns out just, it was just a, a bronchial infection. And like you said, I've never been so happy to have a doctor tell me I have a bronchial infection. So I'm, uh, probably 90% back from that now. So, uh, glad to be, uh, Back enjoying the sunshine and uh, and looking forward to this next two weeks. Man, this is gonna be nuts, isn't it?
1: It's it's gonna be crazy, and we're gonna get to that. Um, and there's gonna be a lot, a lot of fans asking a lot, a lot of questions. But if you haven't been paying attention, uh you're about to see what's about to come to fruition mm. here over the next couple of weeks. Biggest thing Cleveland Browns wise today. Um, and Steven, maybe there's gonna be no more insiders anymore in the NFL between JJ Watt, uh, between Greedy Williams today. Um, There was a lot of, you know, nervousness, questions, and it certainly didn't help that we really never got anything from the organization about the health of Greedy Williams. Um, You know, this nerve issue that he had been dealing with, this is something that went back to his draft process. This is part of the reasons why he was a second round pick. Um, And you hate it for the kid, but it looks to be, you know, he's good to go now. And, you know, you at least want to see any player get an opportunity to get in that bat. So that is the opportunity here for Greedy Williams, who appears that he is back, back in full force. Um, you know, what's that going to mean? Obviously, it's going to be back to weight training because, you know, nobody knows where he's at physically. And I'm assuming with a nerve issue in his shoulder, weights were probably a no-no for a while. I mean, hell, we saw the guy who couldn't even handle getting the snow off his windshield, of course, but, you know being from Louisiana, that may have been part of it. But some good news here, obviously for the man, for the player, but also maybe just for the team in general, because you had no way to feel about this. At least you know you have an opportunity to get Greedy Williams in the fold.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For like you said first and foremost, just, you know, a young man his age to get healthy over a, a serious serious issue. That's the biggest thing, you know, cuz <clears throat> nerve issues, it can it can get really really bad and at his age you hate to see that for anybody. As far as his football career, I hope we finally get to see what he can be. I mean, what a what a boost it would be if he, you know, comes back fully healthy and becomes what we all thought or heck, most of what we all thought that he could be when he was drafted cuz You know, he got dinged up early uh, as a rookie and fought through it. So we really didn't get to see him at full strength then. And then, of course, we all know what happened last year. So he's basically from a football, at least for us in the building, they probably know more. But for us, he's basically a rookie. But if he can come back and be that guy and they go out and attack free agency in the draft at the position like we're all anticipating they do, boy, that defensive backfield goes from. Uh, Denzel and a bunch of question marks to an embarrassment of riches in a freaking hurry, doesn't it? I mean, now, as far as how they proceed with uh, free agency and the draft, uh, you would think they would still attack it as if he's not going to be back. He, I think they're going to look at him as a bonus rather than something to be, you know, quote-unquote counted on. I think that's the smartest way to do it because, you know, a nerve issue, it can crop back up at any time and like we said we don't we haven't really seen him play so we don't know what he's going to be so I would still expect them to go out and try to get at least one starting corner in free agency target at least one corner with those top 100 picks Um, and let's say they do that and they both hit and you get greedy back man I mean that's a hell of a defensive backfield already and we haven't even touched on the safety position
1: well, with Greedy and then obviously you throw Grant it in the mix. You're returning your, you know, two previous second round picks from the last two drafts. Uh, you know, one a cornerback, one a safety. Um, you're talking about upgrading both positional groups. Bang, bang. Uh, both guys can come back and at least, you know, participate. It, their bodies. And I think at this point, that is where they're at. You don't want to get to the point where you're starting Robert Jackson in a playoff game. You know, Tavier Thomas, God bless him. He's a fantastic special teamer. Uh, he, you know, he, he tackles well. Coverage-wise, there's issues, and you know you don't want to have to get into this. And like you said, I mean, if you end up to the point where it's, you know, four or five cornerbacks deep, I mean, it's literally, hey, we'll take a blow. You know, that's all right. We got somebody else right. we can throw in there. You need a breather? You just ran 70 yards two plays in a row? <clears throat> it's all right. We got the guys. We might as well play them. And certainly caters into, you know, what Joe Woods has preached, Joe Wood, what Joe Woods wants to do. You know, into this, you know, going hopefully more full time nickel, full time dime, and, you know, worry about the base when you got to worry about the base because there ain't many teams that you're going to have to worry about it with. Other news of the day, and yes, it affects the Cleveland Browns, it affects the entire AFC North. Um, I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh. I really have no idea. Um, and I think Mike Tomlin in his heart of hearts, I, I think it's probably in his mind can we get to the next chapter? Because obviously the Browns are on our heels, if not equal, uh, the Ravens obviously right there. If Joe Burrow comes back healthy, Cincinnati is knocking on the damn door. As far as you know, climbing a ladder here, um, you bring back Ben Roethlisberger. You know this year, where they're picking, they're probably going to end up on the bottom part in round one of getting a quarterback that they may see as a future guy. Yes, Dwayne Haskins is there, certainly a possibility, uh, but you. Resign Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, the money and a lot of the jargon and the language in it doesn't mean a hill of things. Ben's basically coming back because he wants to come back.
0: But meanwhile, I think the rest of the AFC North is like, all right, cool. Yeah. um, I mean, I know there's a lot of Browns fans that, you know, were excited about it because – you know, uh, oh, it's better for us because he played so bad. In the, you know, and maybe it is, I, you know, I don't know. But, you know, guys like. Unless he's
1: going to hang out with Tom Brady for the next five months, I don't see how it's going to be an improved product than what we saw, you know, that that
0: January night in Pittsburgh where he looked old, tired, and done. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, look, I'm far more interested in, and concerned with improving our side of the ball than worrying about him, because I think if the Browns add the pieces, of it looks like they're going to have the opportunity to. It really, it doesn't matter what the other team does. And on top of that, just you know, I mean, the guy's what twenty something and two against us. So frankly. Even if he is washed, I'll be happy to see him leave. I mean, he, he, if he's on my television over the past two decades, more often than not, I'm a, I'm pissed if off. If we do so. a GoFundMe
1: and if GoFundMe and get the 14 million to get you the hell out of here, we will you go then?
0: Exactly. I'm I, I'm okay with that. You know, if he leaves, because you know, the Cleveland in me thinks he'll come back and be Ben of 2008 or something like that. But the 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 the, the point of it would be this: uh, he's. I don't think they had a choice, really, because if they cut them, they were going to pay them more than they're paying them now. And from what I'm no contract contract expert, but from what I've read around the interwebs today from people who are, it looks like he took a real pay cut, not just a procedural pay cut. Um, So with that, maybe they keep you know, Cam Sutton and and some other guys that they thought they might have to go on the defense. So the defense stays fierce and maybe he can limp through one more year. You know, I don't know. Um... But yeah, I mean, if he's going to play basically like he did the second half of last year, then I'm all for it. Because if we go out and, and attack edge and uh, improve our secondary the way I think we're going to, he's not you know nearly as mobile as he used to be. He's still big, but he's not as mobile as he used to be. I think you know they could be into for a couple of feast Sundays uh, when we play Pittsburgh uh, in this fall. So I mean, it's commendable that he did that from a certain point of view. Uh, I think a lot, or large part of it too is he doesn't want he wants to play. But he doesn't want to be one of those guys who's remembered 15 years from now as remember when he was the fat old guy for the three and 13 you know whoever you know willie mays at the end of his career you know uh uh, uh, broadway joe with the ramp you know all that he doesn't want to do that so in a way that's commendable he wants to finish his career there so but as far as what how it affects the browns i i mean i'm really way more interested to see what we do here in these next three weeks or so because I don't think it's going to matter what Ben does if we handle business the way I think we're going to handle business. It's uh,
1: yeah, I mean, for I, honestly, I, I think the unknown probably would 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 scare me more. Um, you know, look, I mean, there's no surprise. I think with Ben Roethlisberger at this point for anybody in the AFC North, um, but it's the route they're going to go. Um, Stephen mentioned Edge. Uh, we talked a little secondary. Uh, we'll get to Edge here and some of the Stephen's thoughts on how to. Upgrade and, you know, get some guys in here with an opportunity to maybe get some silly, easy sacks playing opposite Miles Garrett. More coming here on your Friday, Locked On Browns, as Mr. Stephen Thomas joins us for the ride. Just because the NFL season has ended does not mean your appetite for sport wagering has to. And I know just the place, and we recommend this place to a T here at On betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. You've got NCAA conference tournaments coming. You've got the NCAA tournament coming. You've got the NBA, NHL, MLB, parlays. Whatever you want to do, you can do it through betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action don't forget to use the promo code On to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. online, your online sports book experts. Now, Steve, as we were saying, uh, there is going to be a need to upgrade this pass rush. Um, what is behind Miles Garrett right now? It's rotational. Um, Olivier Vernon, everybody who's starting to shine for him to come back, I don't know where that's even going to fall into the pecking order. Or if it's something the Browns are even going to look to pursue now with the devastating injury, you know that he had had, you know, late in the season, week 17. Free agency, draft, Stephen. We've talked about this. It's rare when what the Browns need there's a Costco type of <laughs> haul for them to have. There, whether it's free agency, whether it is the draft, whether it's the possibility over these next two weeks. There's going to be a lot of fat trimming going on in Mm. a lot of front offices, Mm. and there'll be the opportunity here to pick up some scraps. Some thoughts here, either side, because, Steve, it's going to have to be
0: at least two. Yeah, I mean, and that's the first thing I think you got to ask yourself is, what are they looking for at edge? They're obviously set at edge one. I mean, Miles is arguably – I think he is the best edge in the entire league, but he's definitely in the conversation. I think they're set for this year at edge three. Nice steady veteran presence with uh, Adrian Claiborne. And uh, I'm, he's an exclusive rights free agent. So I would be very surprised if Porter Gustin isn't back. So he's your edge four or five. Then you got Curtis Weaver, who's a total wild card. I mean, he could come in and they don't set even the, mention his name. Exactly. He could set the world on fire and be edge two, or he could <laughs> be edge five, or he could be nothing. I mean, we really, really don't know. So I think you're looking for, like you said, that other guy, not the man the other man, and there's a lot of them out there. Um, They went hard after J.J. Watt, and even though it didn't work, I think you gotta love the aggression. Um, Obviously, there's some big ticket guys out there. Trey Hendrickson, I know we both really like him. Are they gonna wanna meet his price? I have heard from people who know these kinds of things that the rumored interest they had in Ngakwe last year was real uh, and that it is ramping up again. So if Baltimore lets him hit the market, I think they're gonna they're gonna go after him with a with a very competitive offer. Uh, I don't think Carl Lawson gets out of Cincinnati, but if he does, I like him as well. Uh is interesting. Um, I, I get the appeal and I like him, but I just I don't know if this style of front office gives that big of a contract to a guy with one year of production. I mean, maybe they do, but I. It's something that I'm not sure about. And there, of course, there's a bunch of cheaper options out there too. And I would be surprised if they don't bring in, you know, quote unquote, street free agents and one year guys. Uh, I mean, they tried to claim tack 53 times last year. So, you know, they might bring him back. <laughs> um, uh, there's rumors that Montrevis Adams is out in Green Bay. You got very athletic guy who's never found his footing and Dwayne Smoot in Jacksonville. They like those kinds of guys. Uh, my personal dark horse, if you're going for the cheaper option that's sort of off the radar, is Ronald Blair uh, out in San Francisco. was having a hell of a 2019 till he hurt his ACL, and then he never really got back last year. You've been, year because he you've had been carrying that torch for quite a while. Yeah, and so, I mean, I have no idea what his medical situation is, but if he is finally healthy and they like him, I can't imagine he wouldn't be at least relatively cheap, if not downright dirt cheap. And he can be, if you watch his 2019 from before he got hurt, boy, he can be explosive in that other spot. Um, So that's a guy right there. And then of course, you know, Gregory Rousseau and, and Aziz Ojalari, And I mean, you name it, there's guys through the The thought of Rousseau, the
1: thought of Rousseau and miles with their size, Mm. you know, and the rumored athletic numbers for, I mean, you're literally talking about taking two small forwards in the NBA, beefing them up, muscling him up and saying, just go kill the guy who's seven yards behind the line of scrimmage with the ball.
0: Yeah, and and it's going to come down to, like, I'm not going to say anything that hasn't been said a hundred times by people a lot smarter than me, but it all comes down to what do you make of his one season? Because, you know, was it Mm -hmm. just he's so much bigger and so much more athletic that he just overwhelmed guys that he outclassed by a million light years, or is he really that good? He's obviously the tools are there, like you said. I mean, and he can go inside, he can play outside, which they like to do. They slid slid miles inside a lot last year, which is just fun to watch. And if you got two guys like that, if they think that he's really that that good, Uh, Boy, the possibilities that opens are just tremendous. But it's one year. And, you know, I mean, I hate to say this to you, but a lot of that came against Florida State, which was, (laughs) I'm sure, quite painful for you to watch and not really – I mean, you look at some of the – I mean, their their offensive line was – to be kind, inconsistent. So I don't know. About I, think you're st- I think you're still being too kind. You're still being too <laughs> kind. But I mean, you know, and then there's there's so many other guys. There's Ojolari and there, there's Ellerson Smith a little bit further down. There's Cam Sample, who I really like and is somehow still on day three on a lot of the boards. It's, there, like you said, there's a ton of options. So I think here in these next couple of weeks, we're going to find out more about the draft because those first dominoes are going to fall. If they spend big on... Uh, You know, let's say they get a big ticket edge and a, a big ticket safety just for this conversation. Well, I mean, that doesn't take those positions off your board on day one, but maybe you slide a little bit more weight towards the corners, you know, earlier on. You know, I mean, you still trust your board and you still don't reach for a position, but you know, that, that that will tell us a little bit about what they think. You know, if they go out and they go, you know, they, they swing and miss and they end up going cheap at edge, but they get a big-ticket corner and they get a big-ticket safety, well, now nah, you're looking at Grusso. You're looking at Ojolari. Maybe they like Joseph Osai out of Texas. You know, I don't, because they got to upgrade pretty much the whole defense. Um, and like you said, there's plenty of opportunities out there. And you know, I've, I've seen some people say, too, all oh, these teams are scrambling. These teams have been, they've known this since July. I, I yeah. uh, Andrew Barry has 75 different paths. You know, if this is the first domino to fall, this is what we're going to do the rest of the way. And so once that first one falls, he's going to know which path he has to take. He's been preparing for that and he's much smarter than us. So, you know, I, I, I can't imagine they're not going to do well this offseason, whether it's exactly what some of us want. That remains to be seen, but whatever we're looking at when they head to camp in late July, it's going to be significantly upgraded from what we we had uh, with all those high effort guys, but just playing above their weight class at the end of the season last year on the defense.
1: Well, when we mentioned Rousseau, and obviously there's there's going to be a bunch of guys that goes into this. It's going to be really interesting how opt out guys fall under mm-hmm, the analytic mm-hmm, lens. Mm-hmm. And look, I mean Rousseau. I mean, look, he could be, you know, he could be twenty-five pounds stronger, more filled out. These are things, obviously, we don't know at this point. But that, for me, is going to be an intrigue. Is you know, I mean, because you could make a case where you say the analytics say, look, I don't know what to do with a guy that I have not seen take a a live football rep in eighteen months. So you want to know what, drop him around from whatever you think right off the bat. I think that's going to be something, and and it's going to be interesting to see. You know with the way the analytic draft board works, how do you handle these guys again, who have not taken a live rep in eighteen months?
0: yeah, exactly and and just on an even bigger point there, just because of a all the opt outs, b the weird season that did get played, and C this bizarre uh, draft cycle where we're getting what virtual combine and you know the the pro day numbers. I mean, <laughs> come on, there's there's not this many four three guys out there. I mean, I'm happy for these guys that they're posting these numbers. What do you mean? <laughs> I want to go to X's X's. I might break my personal record back from when I was 20. Yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, I I might be able to break six flat. But um, you know, the point is, I think. Every year we say, "Okay, these are the media boards and there's going to be areas where they're vastly different from what the NFL does. I think there's going to be so much more of that this year just because we have almost no information out here. They have far more than we do, but not the level of information that they're used to. Um, And like you said, there's some guys that haven't played in a year and a half. What are they going to do with the small school guys? Is it going to be a repeat of last year where way fewer small school guys got drafted because they, you know, these teams couldn't go see them and couldn't do the background research? I, it's going to be so interesting. And I, I, I would be shocked. I, I'm not going to guarantee anything, but I would be shocked if there isn't a guy on late day one or early day two that is currently residing in the 130 range on most of these boards because there's just that much variance in what these teams know and what we don't so but like you said at the top of this the good thing for the browns is no matter where they do it either in free agents or the or the draft and no matter where they do it in the draft from day one all the way through day three there are prospects at the positions they want to upgrade and bring in depth in that will fit the value and will fit the bill and so i it's It's going to be strange. It's going to be weird. I hope the city gets to show off uh, a little bit and actually have a draft, although I'm skeptical that that will happen. But uh, regardless of all that, I'm very excited to see what happens because, man, it's it's the next step towards what we all hope is the best fall we've had in Northeast Ohio for a long, long time.
1: Well, and the other thing is, I mean, you know, some of us who have been following the draft and, you know, as long as we have, you get – a really, really good feel of it. Look, you don't know what's going on inside war rooms, but you get a total understanding of it. But you know, I'm sure there's some front offices right now. And you know, the Houston Texans will, they're probably over there like, well, this is good, because we have no choices anyway. Um, but there's some <laughs> who need to nail this draft. And, you know, they're going to tell you all the great things, but they might be in these meetings going, what the hell do we do? I mean, you know, I don't have a 40 time on this kid. Are we sure he weighs 240 pounds? Has anybody weighed him? Can we weigh him on zoom? How do we even do things of this nature? Uh, Can I send a guy, put a scale in his driveway? Uh, How do I measure his wingspan and make sure it's accurate? Just the nonsense and the craziness that's kind of come along with the 2020 cycle. We got some listener questions here. We're gonna get some more with Steven as we just continue to crank it, out this week. Corey Kinnon was fantastic. We got Pete on the other day. We had mock draft Monday. Uh, We had Big Mike from Hawaii on yesterday. We're going to continue to roll on through here on Locked on Browns. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that locked on sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. <coughs> all the parts your car will ever need. Rock First one we got here, and Lucky, I appreciate you, bro. You are always, always there for me, my man, out in Iowa, probably freezing his butt off, but I do appreciate you, buddy. How can the trade back from 26 potentially benefit how they go into next year's crop of players, maybe wait on a position? First thing I want to say to you guys is if you want to get into this and you don't want to pay for premium pro football network, able to do it over there trades without having to deal with paying a little bit on it. But Stephen, the thought here would be moving from 26, moving back. And most of those scenarios, you're going to recoup a second round pick in 2022, which will give you what you had last year, four picks in the top 100, what you're slated to have this year, four picks in the top 100 next year, four picks in the top 100, banking your odds, hedging your bets on the best players in the draft. But, and again, if we get to this, if you find a way to get an edge in here, you're feeling good about Greedy Williams. You signed a vet cornerback into this mix as well. Maybe 26 isn't as appealing as it once
0: was. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to have, uh, you know, as they would at any spot on day one, but it's especially more prevalent in late day one, they're going to have their value guys um, because, <clears throat> you, you know, that every year, you see these guys that come out and say such and such a team has told me they really only have 16 true first round grades or 18 or 12 you know whatever it happens to be so if they're sitting at 26 and there's nobody left on their board uh that they think represents even you know kind of value and they get a good trade offer i'm sure they're going to listen browns fans need to prepare themselves for that uh, um and this is a different kind of trade down than trading down from the top 5 this is it's uh, Part of it also would be, as we've just said, what a weird draft cycle this is. Instead of making nine picks when you have half the information you normally have, maybe you make six picks, you push three of them into next year when you – God, knock on wood, I hope we're back to normal, um, you know, and, and so then you can draft guys that you have all the analytical, analytical information on that you desire. Um, I don't know that they would do it because they think next year's class is better at a certain position or whatever. I, that, that doesn't, I can't imagine that would fit into them, but what, you know, they're going to look at it and they're going to say, you know, the top guy on our board is ranked here it's not at a position we really need. Uh, We got a good trade offer coming from, you know, whoever, the Dolphins 15 picks from now, and they want to give us a two next year. And we think that's the best value for the team because the guys we can get at 38, we can, you know, we'll be just as good as the guys that are on the board now. So, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a better-than-average chance that they could move down, but they're not going to move down just to move down. Andrew Barry has his value set for every move he makes, and you can't move him off of it. It's one of the things I love about him. He knows what every pick is worth. He knows what every player is worth, and if they match up, he'll make the pick. If they don't, and the trade does, he'll do that. So everything is on the table when you're picking it this late in the first round, which is someplace we haven't been in a long time. It's, an, it's new territory we got to get used to here in Cleveland.
1: And I'll tell everybody now ahead of time, um, monitor your alcohol, folks. Monitor it. <laughs> 26 ain't coming around till like quarter to 11, 11 o'clock. Uh, you don't have to get up the next day and you'll know, be the dummy who's got to open up social media and say, all right, well, who did they actually end up picking? Because my ass was out cold on the couch. Um, yeah, Matthew Darcy. How many over thirty year old tight ends who are significantly slower, worse blockers, and would cost more money than David Njoku should we be looking for in
0: free agency, Steve? Um, well, if they're Buckeyes, all of them. I mean, I think yes, that's the course. that's the piece in there that that was missing. Um, <laughs> no, I you know, I mean, I I get the Njoku intrigue, and part of it is on him. Most of it is on his agent. Um, But when you look at the snake that he is, well, you look at the team this year, uh, and you know, David and what he did, you know, uh, most of last year and 2018. Um, you know, he was injured in 19. I, I, I don't, I don't want him gone. I don't want to move him. I, I mean, I get it. I understand. And especially right now, he was a former first round pick. If, if, let's say they can't come to a new contract. Um, and Rosenhaus makes it clear he's not coming back. They play out this year. They do everything they can, and he walks at the end of the next year. You're going to get a pretty decent comp pick. And as a former first round pick, if he signs, you know, for big money somewhere, you could conceivably get a late three, probably more like a four, but, you know, you could get a three. So unless you think you're going to get more than that in a trade, it makes absolutely no sense to move him, um, especially at a position that this offense relies so heavily on where he performed well, and you're in your window. This is the part that a lot of people still haven't grasped. Roster manipulation and cap management, when you are perceived anyway, to be in your Super Bowl window is drastically different than what we're used to since the teardown rebuild began in 2016. It's a whole different way of approaching uh, the entire concept of a team. Um, So, yeah. I mean, if they somebody comes in and blows them away with an offer, yeah. I mean, you get Drew Rosenhaus out of your house and 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 his nonsense, and you don't have to deal with this anymore. I get that, but as far as just getting rid of him because a you don't like him or b you just want to get rid of him, that doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah, and and if you're looking back, and you know, and this is you know, I'm not trying to put a knock on Austin Hooper. I think if you're looking at the tight ends, and Harrison Bryant did some nice things. Who knows what his little COVID spell did to him, but obviously they were a lot lot more confident in the playoffs playing David Njoku than they were Harrison Bryant. Austin Hooper is, if you're looking at the tight end group, you know, 46 catches, less than 10 per four touchdowns. I mean, granted, yes, he did have the surgery. Yes. He did have his little battle with COVID, but if you're looking at that tight end room, you're saying, man, if Austin Hooper can go back to the guy that played in Atlanta, Man, we're humming. We're humming at this positional group because if anything we learned about David Njoku is people wanted to knock the work ethic. They wanted to knock the stance. They wanted to knock the fact, was he not a tell when he was on the field because he wasn't a great blocker? Check, check, check. He knocked all of that nonsense out of the park. If you can get 81 back to the player that you signed almost a calendar year ago, now you're talking a serious, serious good problem to have.
0: Yeah. And with, as far as Harrison Bryant goes, I mean, he's just the next one. We told everybody, we told everybody when Najoku was drafted, tight end is one of, if not the slowest developing position in the NFL. It takes until year three for guys to really get it. So while he'll flash, I mean, and he did last year, and I'm sure he will again, he's not going to be ready to take over, you know, at least you wouldn't think for at least another year. So, and I think the combination of him and Hooper uh, was short-term stability and long-term potential. So uh, it, it's a nice mix in that tight end room right now and if you do it right, you can structure let's say they the Najoku breaks out and they want to extend him to a nice big contract. You can structure it so that most of it hits after most of Hooper is gone and then you've still got another cheap option in Harrison on his rookie contract for a few years. It's it's the way smart teams operate. So I, 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 I've been a fan since he was picked. You know that. I, I'm still a fan. I don't. I want him here. I want him here for the long term. But I get it. I understand the genesis of all of the discussions and trade and this and that and everything else about David. I understand it. And also, I mean, let's not discount. He wants to be the man, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, that's if, the way if, you want these guys to be burning exactly, to the inside. They, I, this if, is the way they should be built and bred. If, if I have a guy on my roster who doesn't want to be the man at his position, you know, now when being the man becomes more important than winning, that's a different story. But, you know, I want to be the guy that helps us win, the main guy. And that's what I'm getting from him. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but that's what I'm getting from Chief is, I want us to win, but I want to be the main reason in the tighter end room that we do win. How do you not want that around? It, it, it sounds crazy to me. Especially when the player put all this
1: work in to say, All right, well, your problem is, is you don't think I'm a good enough blocker? All right, well, I'm going to tack this like a damn bear, which he really put in the work ethic. Last question here from Mark Brown. This is actually a good one. It's a little early, but certainly possible. What consensus top draft prospect has the chance to have a big slide?
0: Oh, man. Um, I think I mean, it's going I, to have to be one of the quarterbacks. Maybe I'm not sure though. I as far as yeah, yeah well, you never know with quarterbacks, I and mean, in this year, it's so bizarre. Who knows what could happen? Um, as far as yeah, I mean, the, the other thing that with
1: the quarterbacks is there's so many available within the league. So it's like, hey, yeah, you know, yeah, if yeah, I'm yeah. not really sure, you know what? Then yeah, I'll, I'll throw the second or third, you know, or a third in a future second for Sam Darnold, similar to the Colts trade for Carson Wentz
0: yeah yeah uh there's that as far as as far as somebody that would interest the Browns, i mean i think it's got to be rousseau uh just because of the things that we talked about before there's so much uncertainty um of and you can see it if you follow and i'm not talking you know uh, people like me who do it as a hobby and and, you know i try to know what i'm talking about but i'm talking about lance zierlein and 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 dame brugler and you know the really really smart draft people there is a ton of variance on rousseau between those guys. Some guys still think he's a top five guy. Other people think, you know, late day one, hell, he could slide into day two, you know, that kind of stuff. So that would be as far as a slide goes as somebody that, that, that might interest them. I think as far as top targets uh, that could still, still be available, I think Morrig has to be the guy, but is that a slide? I, I don't really think that's a slide because he's always, he's been, Uh, second half of day one most of the year most of the places that I've seen so but yeah as far as somebody that would interest the Browns I would say uh maybe Rousseau as far as somebody else non-quarterback that I and I'm gonna piss some people off by saying he won't interest the Browns I'm gonna throw Micah Parsons in there because this off-field stuff is just not going away and whether anyone out there uh wants to take it seriously once that Pandora's box is opened yeah, it's uh, whether, you know, I think it's serious or you or anyone listening thinks it's serious or not, it's becoming apparent that a lot of teams in the NFL do think it's serious. So, I, you know, I mean, it, it may not. He could end up going fifth, you know, like he's been projected uh, since last year or, or he could last into day two. I, that would be a guy that, that one would, uh, I guess that would be the sh- most shocking slide, I would think. I think he would probably be more shocking than Rousseau, wouldn't you say?
1: I would say, yeah. But the problem is, is, you know, there's the rumors of the off-field. And that's certainly what you right. know, gives you the the pause and the hesitation. And, you know, and the other thing is, is if there's off-field and then you start digging and well, what were you doing during this whole COVID where nobody should be having any problems because you weren't supposed to be doing much of anything. So certainly, you know, but once that Pandora's box gets opened and anything that may have went on, it makes it a little more comfortable for some people where it wasn't out there, where maybe they feel a little bit more comfortable to talk about it. It becomes a really, really, really slippery slope. Um, I can't tell you guys enough how much I enjoy sitting down with Steve. Um, And it's not like we don't talk almost every single day anyway, um, but might as well put it on wax sometimes, so to speak. Uh, I'm sure some of you do not get that reference boy we're
0: old that is an old reference there man (laughs) yes
1: I did. believe it or not i was listening to a little beastie voice today so that's probably how that ended up coming out of the mouth um so but you know again people records those are the circular things black plastic had a little label in the middle (laughs) whole another story for another day um but check everything out uh as i always say uh you know the guys over the obr which steven is a huge part of now um, it's and I love it because it's refreshing. Because Stephen brings something that they haven't had. Um, it's it's having fun with it while giving great information, great thoughts, and uh, into it. And as we always say, uh, between myself and the folks over at the OBR, we know who's working. We know who is putting in the work. So make sure you're checking out all of Stephen's work over there. Check out the uh, Saturday, you know, basically the take into the you know taken to the links, the foursome mocks, um, where someone joins uh, along with three from the OBR. And they put together, you know, obviously a Browns mock draft. Um, And, again, uh, at Browns mock draft, all the work over at the OBR, great group, a bunch of hard workers, uh, and they just put out killer content day in, day out. Me, personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. uh, Throw a follow over there. DMs are always open. Apparently, uh, as my kids are telling me, they're excited. Uh, Closing in on 11K, I guess. All right, I guess. I knew it was somewhere in the 10 range, but apparently getting close to 11,000. The show itself at LockdownBrowns, follow back account. DMs are open. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, Subscribe, rate, review. Again, closing in on 400. Let's get those reviews coming on iTunes. Uh, it's been a great week here. Uh, we'll see if we record tomorrow. Depends you know, what we have coming. Um, hell, it just depends if I'm in a good mood and I feel like talking again. Uh, so this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go browse.